All right, all right, all right. Well, happy Thursday to you both. How are we doing? Good. How are you, buddy? Doing well, man. Hanging in there. Yeah. It's Getting all, ready it's, for it's Christmas. That, that time of year. That's right. Yeah, we got some snow last night. It's nice. That's right. Absolutely. Excellent. Getting man. in that Christmas spirit. We, I know we got a uh, guest room that is just chock full of presents of all sizes. Our son Benjamin is trying desperately to get into. Ah, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. He knows we they're need- there? Well, we're, we're right on the cusp, I think, of him realizing that they may possibly be for him. But he definitely knows that gifts are in there. Ah. But he doesn't necessarily know that they're from him. And, oh, um, I kind of remember that. Yeah, okay. Bright, bright shiny <laughs> objects. As I was saying to Greg uh, in the pre-roll here, Benjamin is now in the phase of his life where he has to test the structural integrity of just about everything in our house by bashing it up against a wall or sure. you know stepping on it or so yeah uh, we're trying to keep him as far away from the gifts as possible but boys will be boys you know it hey and before i forget this past week marked the passing of of another great birthday of our very own nick klein you turned the big 6-0 this year right Ooh. that's, that's <laughs> six, yeah uh, sweet Close 60 <laughs> happy birthday nick yeah Thank happy you, birthday sir. buddy thank you very much <laughs> Hey, no problem. Well, we got all this lighthearted stuff. I'm 38, stuff. by the way. 38. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I didn't want 38 that out. Go, 38 going on 60. 38 sure. going on 60. Sure. <laughs> Just in wisdom. We got all this lighthearted stuff before an action-packed show for you tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, this is, before I forget, this is You Should Check It Out, our weekly podcast about music. My name's Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Thanks for hanging out with us yet again. I think we should just delve right into it. I, I came across a piece this week on 60 Minutes, the CBS show, which I don't I don't watch too much anymore. But uh, Did you catch this when it was like broadcast? I didn't. I didn't. I caught okay. this just, just on my news feed. Um, but I have gone back and watched this entire interview. It was a fascinating piece. And it was an interview and kind of retrospective about this Italian composer and pianist uh, whose name is Francesco Latoro. Okay. And certainly never heard of him before, but uh, he's Mm -hmm. basically spent most of his adult life since the early 1990s collecting, cataloging, archiving, and in some cases reconstructing all of the music that was produced by musicians that were in captivity uh, during the Holocaust. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That comprises, of course, of, of Jewish people, but also Slavs, Roma, and pretty much anybody who is a dissident to the Nazi regime. So it's a, it's a pretty wide gamut of music. But he spent, basically, like I said, since the early 1990s doing really painstaking research, face-to-face interviews, face-to-face meetings with the descendants, survivors, and, and historians, cobbling together pieces of music that were either performed or composed or arranged by survivors and those who unfortunately didn't survive. Does he... Does okay. he- Talk about how he first got in, like, the thing that sparked this for him. Uh, so there was a piece that he heard in the late 80s, the level of musicianship that was on display. That's right. It was from one of the concentration camps that the Germans had set up as kind of a propaganda piece. And they took all this really detailed film of it, and they showed, you know, Jews uh, it really dressed well in kind of like a supper club type setting, mm-hmm. you know, saying, Definitely. oh, look at how well these people are living. Right. Look at how much fun they're having. Yeah, you know, this is yeah. not what, what the world makes it out to be. And <laughs> he saw the film footage of that and was so impressed by the musicianship that it was on display that he decided to, to 
uh, investigate a little bit further. And it, wow. what it's culminated in, which is just incredible, he, he's actually produced a 48-volume compilation of performances of the music of... He, he calls it the, the entire musical corpus that was created in places of captivity, deportation, since the opening of the concentration camps to the age of their liberation in 1945. And what immediately struck me was, was the range of music that was played and the quality and just, just the amount of stuff that was able to be rescued or recovered or found or, or pieced together. You know, you, you think... Uh, in today's terms, about you, you look back at the Holocaust and it's a it's a terrible event, but it's it's kind of a it's just a piece of history. And what this guy's doing is really turning these scraps of paper and historical documentation into into life. He's he's bringing these pieces of music back to life. Um, wow! And yeah. these were all original compositions or arrangements, you said, right? Right, right. So some of I'm going from the the 48 volume set some of which is available on spotify and some of it is original composition some of it is operas that were written by prisoners some of it was holiday music or party music that was mm-hmm. arranged you mm-hmm. know arrangements of traditional tunes mm-hmm. one of the tracks on it is a is a bob wills tune the texas country musician the wow. the rose of texas so i don't know why that was included in the compilation i imagine that one of the prisoners arranged a version of that for like the instrumentation that they had available, right? Right, right, right. Well, and so, and in some cases they were playing for like the guards of the camp. Yeah. So in some Crazy. cases they, you know, these were sanctioned orchestras. Right. As wow. you know, as perverse and weird as that is, but Whew, yeah. you know, again, these 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 are people that lived day to day lives before going to the camps, and then sure until they were either put to death or or died or, or liberated. They continue to live their lives as, as well they could. So I, I just think, first of all, the interview is fascinating. So, you know, if you get a chance, please check that out. But the more I've been looking into it, the more and more I've gotten interested in it. And some of the composers are really fantastic. And they're, they're names that were important before the Holocaust. Right. And they just hmm. kind of got wrapped up in it. So wow. um, um, one of the most moving moments of the 60 Minutes piece was an interview with, with one of the survivors who was a cello player, uh, young, but famous uh, before she entered the concentration camp. And the interviewer was asking her questions about, you know, how hard was it to play cello and, and to, to play your music while you were there in the camp? And um, she just, Holocaust survivors, it's, 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 they just have a different set of eyes that they look on in the world. And her answer is just so great. She said, so if you arrive in Auschwitz, and you're prepared to, to go to the gas chamber, because you know what's going on. You're prepared to go to the gas chamber, and someone comes up to you and puts a cello in your hand, and you have a chance at living. Are you going to say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I don't play here. I only play at Carnegie Hall. Like, no one's going right. to do that. You know, you, you sure. live your life, and, and if you have the chance to play music there, you're going to do it, and you're going to make the best of it. And I just think Man. it's such a beautiful reflection on musicianship and, and, and what music can do to, to lift people out of what's just the most awful situation anyone can imagine. I, you know, I, I thought I had it bad when I played at a dive bar the other night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right. <clears throat> but, you, you yeah, know, you like, made the best, right, Greg? You know, and you yeah, rose man, above. Yeah. You transcended. No, uh, I, uh, I really, <laughs> I manned up. <laughs> you know, I That's took a couple good. sips of whiskey and I got That's down to right. business. Yeah, man, this is this is a wild story. This is some 
it is some heavy stuff, but just the perseverance of hu- the human spirit is, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. Were there any pieces that, that caught your ear? That Yeah, yeah, there there was a bunch. One of the stories that was told in the, the interview that I actually followed up on, and I found the guy who the story was based on, they basically found a scrap of toilet paper that somebody had smuggled out of one of the camps. And on it was, was written basically a uh, a chamber music piece in three movements that was unfinished that he, he it was written on in charcoal and it turns out that the charcoal was actually this guy's medicine for his dysentery mm-hmm. that Oof. you know that was the only medicine they gave him to deal with that and his choice was to use that and the toilet to paper write, to write a, a piece to, yeah. you know to write this piece and this, the composer's name is is Rudolf Carroll and uh, he's a Czech composer. He was born in the late 1800s. And it turns out he actually studied composition with Antonin Dvorak. Mm-hmm. And he studied organ in Prague, wrote a bunch of music and, and had somewhat of a career going. Um, and then, you know, in 1943, he started demonstrating about what the Nazis were doing. And he got taken to um, first Pankrek prison in Prague. That's where he actually wrote this chamber music piece that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play the first movement from, and the first movement was the was the part that the most of it remained intact. And it, unfortunately, he wrote that in January to February of 1945. Afterwards, he was transferred to the concentration camp Therenstadt, and there, that's where he died of dysentery. Um, and then after that, one of his pupils finished the work, and Latoro has recorded it since. Wow. It's a beautiful piece of music. It's touching, but it's not necessarily sad. It's not, it doesn't sound like, uh, like Penderecki's, you know, Therenity for the victims of Hiroshima. You know, it's not like right, unlistenable. Right. It's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's a really great piece of chamber music. Do you, do you remember Lafayette talking about this? I don't, no. Yeah, he, he used to tell that story. He would, when he was really? talking about, when he was talking about when he would struggle with music, he would talk about the charcoal toilet paper composition guy. And he said he heard that from, I don't know, some other artist. Get out of here. So Lafayette Gilchrist, our jazz instructor from University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah, he used to he, he used to talk story. specifically about that, that, about like, what do I got to bitch about, man? <laughs> That's uh, so funny, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it all comes full circle then. Yeah. So go. anyway, if you get a chance, please check out the whole long-form interview on, on 60 Minutes. It's fantastic. It really makes you think. And uh, just it's moving, it's uplifting, and it just reaffirms... Uh, my b- belief in the power of music. Um, just to, to bring it all full circuit back back to the guy, Francisco Latoro, the Italian guy, He's uh, what he's doing now, he's established this foundation, the Institute of Concentrationary Music Literature, where he's archiving hmm. all the documents. He has something around 8,000 music scores, about 12,000 documents, and 3,000 uh, nonfiction books that are related to the subject. What a calling yeah. to find. It's that, incredible. That, that, God it's bless incredible. that guy. That's amazing. Nice. So, for my musical pick, uh, I wanted to play the first movement of uh, Rudolf Carroll's Nonet. And this is uh, the first movement, Allegro con Fuoco, which I believe means in a fiery manner. Here you go.
So there you go. A little bit of history composed wow. in a concentration camp. Damn. That's a, Think about that cool the next time you're you're woodshedding in your basement. Yeah, man. Heavy. That's where I am. heavy metal. Yeah, so Nick. The, hey, what? <laughs> Happy Follow holidays. That. Okay. Happy holidays, sir. Oh. <laughs> now that's some good stuff, man. That was some good stuff. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I, I'm going to definitely go back and watch that 60 Minutes piece. So for my pick, actually, this past week, last last Tuesday, I had an opportunity to go up to New York with the yeah. purpose of seeing some jazz music. Um, that's right. Which was a really cool opportunity. So first thing I think I did was text both you guys and just said, that's right. I've been presented this opportunity, input welcomed. And Greg Greg responded and, and uh, actually introduced me to a friend of his who's a drummer in New York via text uh, named Wyan. And then they both kind of putting in some suggestions and so thank you greg and thank you wine and ended up going to the village vanguard uh, ah, which okay regardless of the act was i was very excited about that sure got to see christian mcbride and inside straight which is his wow. uh, his his group with um carl allen on, on the drums warren wolf on the vibes who's actually a baltimore native uh and mm-hmm. an exceptional uh vibraphone player Peter Martin on the piano and Steve Wilson on saxophone, and wow. uh, we actually we bought tickets. The first set was sold out, so we we caught the ten thirty show. They played for exactly one hour, um, <laughs> and it was it was such a delight. And it the the Village Vanguard's a pretty small joint. I I don't know if it seats more than seventy, maybe maybe wow, um, wow. 50, 60, something like that. It's a it's a basement in in mm-hmm. Greenwich Village. They've got pictures hanging on the walls, you know, but they don't overdo it. Right. But just to be there and to realize yeah. the history that's been made in this room, uh, yeah. and all of the all of the the legendary recordings that have been made in this room, yeah. Just to be in that environment alone was pretty magical. Yeah. And uh, Christian McBride gets up there. They don't. They actually come out from the back. They kind of walk through the crowd, kind of hop on up there. Nobody says a word. The rule is, you know, no no conversation. Uh, no huh. texting, obviously, no pictures, no video, any of that stuff. I, I was watching, and it was really just a whole other level, and it, it really got me thinking. and And I kind of went into it thinking, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to talk about this. Uh, so, what, what opportunities would there be to talk about this? And the one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is when you go into a live jazz setting. Uh, one of the thing that, things that I noticed was these guys have, I mean, they've only been playing together for maybe ten years um, as a as a group. But they were so dialed in. There was no, there was no hesitation as to who was going to go when and when somebody was actually done. They could just, and they also were doing different length solos. It wasn't like they were staying within a certain amount of you know bars or something like that. Right. But I kind of wanted to, you know, for those that 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 listen to the show that maybe don't frequent jazz clubs or listen to jazz frequently. Um, I thought there'd be an opportunity to have a conversation about like what it is you're actually experiencing in that kind of a scenario. Um. But then the one thing I took away from it was, was again, just how dialed in they were to each other to the point that where, you know, they would be playing and the, the, the pianist, uh, Peter Martin, would, he'd hit a chord and glance up at the drummer and the drummer would start laughing because that chord was some sort of inside joke that only <laughs> right. they knew what it was a reference to. It was probably some, you know, other song that they were laughing about the night before or something um so i wanted to kind of throw it out for discussion like for somebody that doesn't have experience going to 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 see jazz what is it you're looking for and even underneath of that like how would you explain what's going on on stage i mean first of all yeah the 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 (laughs) vanguard is really uh uh, it's a it's a 
quite an experience to, to go there and, and, and be down there in that basement. And then like you feel the subway, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> yep. rumble by even during a song, you know, like yep. during a ballad, it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have the glasses. Yeah, shaking. Exactly. You know, and it's just like a reminder, like, Oh yeah, here I am. in the, you know, the big apple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely say, I mean, whether it's at the Vanguard or anywhere you t- you hear live jazz, if you if you find yourself lucky enough to be in a room with really awesome live jazz musicians, which unfortunately is becoming rarer and rarer these days, mm-hmm. one thing that you can look for, especially when you see people on the level of Christian McBride, which is basically top shelf, um, you're basically witnessing musical telepathy because these yeah. guys are mm-hmm. they're playing stuff and they're not really talking about it. And they're not really reading it, you know? It's just, that's the magic of live jazz to me, you know? It's not, it's very hardly preconceived. Now, each band is different. I mean, if you you go see a jazz big band with like 20 people, they will have charts and they're reading that because they're playing arrangements that are very precise. Um, But even within those arrangements, you have to play in a flexible manner. And there's definitely moments that do open up for improvisation. So, but if you're seeing a quartet or something like that, usually, I mean, again, we're talking about, you know, this very high level. I know that they work, they work out their chart and they sort of, I've heard uh, the guitar player, Kurt Rosenwinkel say, okay, when you look at our chart and it's like, okay, these are the rules of this game that we're about to play. Exactly. And and each tune is like a different game. I like that. Um, Yeah. Then it's like, after that, you play whatever you want. But like you know what the rules are, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, they they uh, they actually all they followed charts pretty close the whole time. Um, oh, especially good. especially gotcha. a Warren Wolf piece that they played, which which McBride uh, set up by saying, you know, he, he makes it a little difficult for us. So this one's going to be pretty hard to play, <laughs> so we're going to have to follow. A lot right. Of music. But I don't know, Jay. Did you have any? Craig is the the jazz guy. I mean, my mm-hmm. I've played in jazz ensembles. I've played in jazz groups. I've made music that has attempted to sound jazz e but i mean the the extent that i know of it is you know you take a standard tune and you you play the head and then there's a space where other people are playing the chord changes and people can solo over top of it in an interesting way and then you wrap it up with the head but that is like elementary jazz improvisation you know and i'm sure that what you were seeing there was miles (laughs) miles ahead of that Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> so that that's why I'm really interested in, because Greg is, I, I think, the only one who's touched those realms of yeah. of being in a group where the people are really kind of clicking on that on that kind of level. For me, yeah. it's still I look up at the end of your solo and, and nod to the next person who's going to take it kind of thing. There was, but that's there was fine. A, yeah, you know, that, could, that happens, you know. Yeah. There yeah. was a point where Warren Wolf was soloing on the vibes and Steve Wilson heard something and kind of got up and just started soloing with him. Well, I mean, they obviously recognized what he was doing on his solo and just started playing mm-hmm. with him. And then they started kind of going back and forth. And But it was there was never any... There wasn't even, like, a look. It was just, like, he went ahead and partook until it was done, and then he kind of backed off yeah. and let Warren finish his solo. And, is it a lot of it, Greg, is, is it a lot of it just people playing melodies that they think the other players might recognize? You sometimes, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes people will quote things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like so they'll they'll play the melody of another tune, in, or they'll build on a theme or a motif. Sometimes with players like this, and I mean, I mean this with obviously, like I have the utmost respect for players in that realm. I don't think I'll say this by name, uh, <laughs> but th- there were some three amazing musicians that I saw, 
I went to Blues Alley, saw this 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 band play, and they were doing stuff like, okay, they just finished a song, and then the guy would play like a little bit of a Hendrix tune, mm. and then they'd go, oh, oh, and then they would all join him and then start playing the Hendrix tune, right. and then he would jump into a different Hendrix tune, and now they're, <laughs> and they're still keeping up, and then it's like they do a whole Hendrix mel- mel- you know, medley, yeah. right? <laughs> so anyway, they, this band comes back a year later. I'm like telling all my friends, like, we got to go see them. We got to go see them, dude. They're so, so sick. We go back to Blues Alley, same band. They finish a song. Guitar player starts like noodling around, starts playing a little Hendrix thing. Uh, same thing. The same <laughs> Hendrix tune. Uh, the same feel, Hendrix medley. They made medley. it feel like it was on the, off the cuff. Yeah. yeah. Really, it was all I saw, the you know, Exactly. So I, so I got to see, uh, you know, after that, it, it definitely got knocked down a peg for me. Similar to like, Nick, how you mentioned uh, Battles. You know, and how it kind of like went down a peg yeah. for you. Like, mm-hmm. clearly, you, you don't lose respect, but it, it, you know, this is like it, it, it. You realize how much of a performance it is because in the end, they're still trying to like sell tickets and. Yeah, sure. You know, jazz is a little bit different in that I think everybody says, "Well, well, to really appreciate jazz, you have to go see it live." There's a tendency for musicians who know a little bit about jazz to kind of intimidate people who might be new to jazz. Hmm. I, I can speak from a place of experience because I think I used to do that. Um, yeah. But really, jazz can be a very simple music, and it doesn't have to be deconstructed that much. I mean, you listen to it and you take in the sound and the groove and you know the quality of the sounds of the instruments, and that's mm-hmm. really all you need to appreciate good jazz, in my opinion. Yeah. That was the aim of this topic, by the way, was to kind of dispel a little bit of that that feeling yeah. of uh, like it's oh this I, there's something I don't understand here because right, it really right. does come down yeah. to like there's an agreed upon theme or game if, you know there's an agreed upon yeah. set of we're gonna follow these chords and we're gonna hit that at the top and then we're gonna have a lot of fun and then we're gonna right. go ahead and hit that back at the end again and that's it like let's do this right. thing and and, and the yeah. magic is what happens in well I mean the whole thing is you know the whole thing is the magic but what happens in that space where they give themselves the room to kind of explore and or right. show off a little bit or or kind of dial in and re- really find some interesting themes that they can bring into the into the uh, to the agreed upon structure of the song you, you know you, you've seen you've gone to shows where you see somebody's going to be sitting in as a guest and and that's very much like they have to they, they really have to kind of like give that person you know now go sure. go ahead you're sure. up and do and it was just seeing a group that's played together for, for yeah. so long um, that this really was, I mean, again, this is the second show they'd done that night um, and they were there for, you know, two or three weeks. I mean, this is, this is just an afternoon chat really is what it right. is. <laughs> right. right. Um, oh, yeah. And, and it was pretty cool. So I actually, the song I picked was they played this one song called Wolfgang, which is a Warren Wolf composition that actually was much more like chamber music. And, and it huh. is on one of his solo albums, but there was a song that they that came off their uh, second album called "Gang Gang," which is also a Warren Wolf composition. And I wanted mm-hmm. to I wanted to play that one. If we could if we could give that one a listen, that would be fantastic. You got it, "Gang Gang" you, by thanks. Christian McBride and Inside Straight. And thank you again, Greg and Wyan, for the recommendation. Hey, yeah.
Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Very Love cool. Some and good actually, vibes, man. Yeah, oh, that dude is amazing. He, yeah, he's good vibes. He's phenomenal. And actually, Greg, you, you brought up battles. I actually wanted to, I got a good amount of texts from, from friends and family that listened <laughs> to last week's episode. I just want to say two things. First of all, I really like battles. I do like battles a lot. <laughs> Second thing is, I went and pulled up the sure song choice you that do. I had. <laughs> no, I, I okay. think I'm I'm not as clear, much as you I was could just, have liked I was them. holding on. Right, yeah. I actually went and looked up the song that I had picked, Snare Hanger, uh, a live performance of that. And damned if that guy didn't play every single aspect of that beat, you know, n- no loops whatsoever. Um, really? So, yeah, absolutely. Which was like, wow. yes. So wow. I took me right oh. back up in the impress level while the while his other friends were I don't know playing with computers or whatever the there hell those you, loop there pedals There you have do. it, folks. <laughs> uh, Nick st- <laughs> Nick Klein stands corrected. There you oh, go. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> there hey. it is. Hey, and in the spirit of, of truth, truthiness and corrections, we wanted to bring up something, too. In our discussion last week about looping and everything, we talked about the band Dragon Force. And we mentioned that Dragon Force had recorded these albums and sped up the solos. We did some digging on that. I'm not sure that that's true. And because I'm not sure that it's true, we're just going to say we're going to go Maybe on record not. and say yeah. that we're not sure. Okay. <laughs> I have an so inside source. We, we don't want to get into any de- defamation <laughs> lawsuits, Wait, although we would yeah. be very well covered by LegalZoom if we need to be. Um, okay. But, well, uh, I have an inside source. Greg's got an inside source. That was... That's all I'm saying. Oh, all right. the inside source. Look, all right. We'll leave you that know. where it is. And it, if you we have can, any look, other... If you, well, if, if we, we want to make some news. The wave, you want to be on <laughs> no. the right side of history? No, I'm just let's, let's make some news. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, let's no, make some okay, news. Look. Get them on. Look. Get them on. Yeah, pr- pr- prove me wrong. Now, yeah, here's yeah. the thing. Here's okay. the thing, right? Nick, you what? went and saw, you watched a clip of, of Battles and the guy kills it, right? I yes. did the same thing with Dragon Force trying to be like, well, maybe I can just find a video of this guy killing it. Uh-huh. Can't find it. Okay. <laughs> Cannot find it. And there's live videos of, and they're just sloppy. Okay. Bird clock. <laughs> oh, bird <God>. clock. <laughs> leave it. Okay. So, yeah, just leave, leave the fucking bird clock. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Sorry. There. It's there. No going back. Um, That's all right. All right. No, that was, the, that, that was, you know what? That was the, um, the uh, faker horn, okay? No. When, you, when you're a faker on the horn, the bird clock goes off, okay? The bird off, clock okay? goes I like it. Yeah, you know? I was and, legit uh, trying to find, because I was going to make a joke in the description to link to an article mm-hmm. about the, the speeding up scandal. And all oh. I could find was interviews of him saying, yeah, I'm surprised that's still rolling around the internet because we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, well, at worst case, it's edited like note by fucking note. Ah, okay. Y- you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 like they'll like, go back they and just, clean They just up. simply can't play it. And one thing that was removed from the internet, there's one thing that was removed. You can't oh. find it anymore. Ah. There, there was a piece on uh, in Guitar World magazine where they would do like, bet you can't play this. Okay, I've seen that. Right, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. and you get like guys that you know. I mean, I could name some people. It doesn't matter. Like that would just that are amazing technicians, you know, right. on the on the guitar, and they come in and they do some shit that like you know is very hard, you know. Mm-hmm. But they've worked it out because right. they're technicians. Okay, the Dragon Force guys came on there and like, bet you can't play this, and they like couldn't even play their own stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it was you know, and their technique was really uh, questionable. You know, you see the guys like the guys playing like da 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 da, like his pinky's like way off the fretboard. You're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like if you were gonna play 
that stuff at that speed, there's no way you could do it with that technique. You know, it's just too slow. It wasn't together enough. It didn't add All up. Right. All right. I listen, man. Right, we'll have, to, virtu- we'll have to leave it at that. For all, yes, we we'll, we may never know. But one thing we do know yeah. is that Greg Loman never speeds up his guitar solos, nor his podcast. I didn't topics. say that. I didn't say that. No. Oh, okay. he uses looping pedals. <laughs> yeah, all you can Greg's, speed up the looping pedal. All of Greg's well, well, topics a, are all sped up. But here's the deal, though. Here's yeah, all my topics are sped up. All your topics I are sped up. If I, if I felt like in, in the middle of whatever, if I was in a project and I felt like that was the right thing to do. I wouldn't necessarily not do it. I just wouldn't hide it, you know? How would you not hide it? I don't even know where to go with that. Wow. Well, well I mean, just, like, look at the Beatles, uh, the solo in Day in the Life. That was sped up. Yeah, but, like, obviously so. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I would, do, I effect, would do it in... As would, an effect. Yes, I would, yes, I would do it as an effect. Okay. Yes. Okay. No, not as, like, a means to be like, well, I can play this fast. All right. Well, but, guys, we're but, already you know, 40 anyway. minutes into this, so this entire podcast oh, episode is going to have to be sped up. Let's just make it a two-parter and we can cover next week. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> but we can keep this pretty, yeah, pretty no, quick. No, no, let's not. Let's not. It's a good topic. All right. It is. All right. And I cool. actually loved your tie-in, so it's good. Okay, cool, cool. It'll be a couple of days old news by the time everybody hears this, but... To us, it's pretty fresh news that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are welcoming John Frusciante back in their lineup. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they are finally they have another good album coming out. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, look, you know, I think that Josh Klinghoffer, the last guitarist they had, who stepped in, who was apparently their the guitar tech, really for Frusciante, oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they even did some shows where they played together. I don't know if it's uh, common knowledge, but it's pretty easy to find. These guys, they have auxiliary musicians on stage now. The okay. Chili Peppers have like a keyboard player, and right. you know, it's more than just the four of them on stage. Sometimes, I guess. and Anthony um, Kiedis has a big loop station now in front of him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just Anthony Kiedis. Um, He's just got this little guy yeah. in the back that sings for him. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but yeah, John Frusciante. You know, he's a le- he's a legend. Um, yeah. He uh, he wasn't the first guitarist in the band um no hello he, he replaced uh hillel slovak yeah who died of a drug overdose uh back in the 80s and then uh Frusciante took over he was like maybe 17 or 18 mm-hmm. and proceeded to almost die become an, dive in a drug well, overdose <laughs> that's yes that's true but in the process he also became one of the biggest guitar icons sure. you know of really of all time and sure. um he has written so many great songs in that band, um, along yeah. with the other dudes. And, um, you know, it's exciting to see him back in. I know this, the Chili Peppers, it's almost become kind of like a gang at this point. But I, I don't know. It's just because uh, you've got these ro- these rotating members, you know, throughout the years. But sure. uh, they still keep it together, still put out music, whether it's, you know, on par with what they put out before or not. But they still keep the project going. How do you know and so much a- about the Chili Peppers? <laughs> Well, it's funny. I did grow up with them and loved uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic and um, One Hot, Hot Minute. Minute. Yeah. Um, and um, Mother's Milk. Mother. Yeah. All the, all all those records. And then um, what? Actually, when I moved to L.A., I was invited to join a, chi- a Chili Peppers tribute band called Red Knot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and uh, That's a great I name. love yeah. that. It is a good name, man. And you know what? <laughs> I could tell you a lot of, you know, I've been in that band now for, it's been two years, uh, coming up on 
almost three years. Wow. Wait. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And you've now some I huge, wasn't always played some, some huge shows with them, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, and you know, I mean, look, right now tribute bands and Jay and I were in a Black Crows tribute band uh, back when I was in DC. It's just it's a bit it's a legit business, you know. I mean, for sure. I've been I've played in original bands. And, you know, sometimes you got to rough it. And this band, it's you don't have to rough it as much because right. pr- promoters will take a chance on you very easily right yeah. now. Because the people with money, that's what they grew up with. Yep. And they yep. will go and they'll spend the music money they know. on it. Yeah, of course. Yep. And they want to yep. sing along and they want to buy drinks. And so we show up and people show up and they buy drinks and they sing along and they wear a red hot chili pepper shirt although sometimes you got the one like heart the guy who takes it too seriously like the one like big guy in the back with the chili pepper shirt on with his arms fucking crossed looking at you making sure like counting your mistakes yeah yeah that's for sure man yeah it was a it was a weird thing for me because uh you know joining the the black crows tribute band was kind of a a lark for me but it turned into a long experience and i ended up having way more success with with that music than I ever in that group than I ever did with my original stuff, well, you know, which wow. is a sad commentary when you put it that way. But no, I, under, no. I understand, and and we were a good group, and I have I took a lot of pride in what we did. Yeah. You know? Well, first of all, let me put one thing out there, which you know, the Black Crows have made a lot of good songs, but what was their breakthrough single? A cover. F- you know, <laughs> like you know, so. And like you know, Led Zeppelin and whatever. No, I, all I'm these not, people. I'm ended not up taking being anything against you know? against of course. tribute bands. I'm just saying it's a weird feeling to be yeah, yeah. you know as as a musician. But, it, but it, it is a weird it is a weird thing. But you know, again, I just look at it as like, well, this is entertainment. Yep. You know, yep. this is this. And luckily, I do get to throw interject some art in it yeah. because you know it's not jazz, but there's still like moments for improvisation Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Um, in like in the rock and roll style, in a more of a Jimi Hendrix style, which sure. is yeah. Obviously, like one of John Frusciante's main influences was Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And when I play with the Chili Peppers tribute, I actually sometimes aim for Hendrix when I get, when, you know, when it's time to solo or even just like when I'm playing. Because if I aim for Hendrix, I'll hit Frusciante <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. sometimes. Well, you like know that. what I mean? I like that. That's a big, you know. Um, that's, but, what I was gonna, uh, that's what I was going to say, though. When you, when you, when you, especially if it's a band you love to, to be in a tribute band, I mean, you get an opportunity to really get to know this. The, the artists that you're you know up there playing as and you you have to kind of mimic the style and that that's a cool exercise as a musician you know like all other things aside just just a cool opportunity to kind of really get to know the catalog and 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 that artist i, I think it that's, is i think it's awesome yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's um i i I don't take it for granted. If anybody else, if anybody wants to look it up, it's we have a website, redhotchilipeperstribute.com. And uh, if you want to book us, uh, <laughs> we're very, very expensive. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 just kidding. Just kidding. No, um, but, to, to, but, he's, but he's not. But he's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nick, that's an interesting point that you bring up because I was always, I was afraid when I joined a tribute band that I would, okay, you're going to spend so much time learning these songs and you just never want to hear that music ever, 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 ever again. And it, that might be the case with some bands, but I would argue that they probably are not deep enough to to, to warrant a tribute band in that case. But for me, with the Black Crows, it only really kind of made me appreciate what they did more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can still listen yeah. to Black Crows. That I definitely did take a a good year and a half hiatus from listening to the Black Rose once I was done. Sure. sure. Yeah, no, I can still turn them on and enjoy them and enjoy them on a different level. Right on, man. And, you know, one thing that I picked up on going through the catalog in detail was, you know, listening to those records, I'm like, yeah, but 
they've been around for so long and we might make fun of like, haha, they're still making like these new records and they're not nearly as good as the old shit, but it's still just those guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like there's like not many gimmicks mm-hmm. on those records, you know? And that's fair. They're uh, purists in a way. You know, they definitely, uh, you know, they got produced by George Clinton early on. And so they they know what funk is and yeah. they know what rock is. And they've obviously, had, yeah, they're, they're iconic. And they've yeah. had such a long career that, you know, they have fans that enjoy different eras of their music for sure. You know, there's guys that yes. are older than us that really only like early 80s Chili Peppers mm-hmm. uh, or we mid just 80s. Played a, we just played a frat show and all they want to hear is the song Snow. <laughs> you know, wow. it's just like, yeah. like anything from the album Stadium Arcadium. Yeah. That's all yeah. they know. Yeah. They don't even, they don't oh, even yeah, mess young. with the old yeah. stuff. That's funny. Yeah, Oof. they're really young, you know? Yeah. And so it, 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 you're like, whoa, okay. You know, because we're not even talking about Californication. You know, we're right. talking about like, Jeez, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, look, they're, they're sure, 18. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah, you know I, I mean, know. like, the, it's great that they still like it because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't get that gig. You wouldn't have gotten the gig, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, and because they have been our band for so many decades and have so many different genres, I shouldn't say genres. I mean eras, like you said. Yeah, iterations um, of the of the group. Yeah. yeah, you know, with the different looks, you know, and they've evolved, you know, and in a, I'd say a pretty in a very respectable way. You, you know, sport a tube still- sock. <laughs> that's 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 like the joke that everybody makes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, well, answer the question. Uh, well, you know, I haven't gone that far, but you know, if you're lucky, I'll pop my top. How much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that's in that's in the uh, contract. Um, I heard. Uh, no, we have, we we have a good time. I heard Flea on Malcolm Gladwell's Broken Record podcast uh, last mm. week. Yeah, because I guess Flea is coming out with his autobiography. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, and that was just a really interesting interview, and it's just talking about the way that he goes about making music and the way he looks at it, and and what a salvation it's been for him and and for mm-hmm. the for the members of the group. It was really inspiring. Huh? Yeah, really enjoy it. Well, they and they, they are because you know they again even talking about their new stuff or whatever, they're not doing it for they 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 might they're have doing it for the money a little bit, a little bit, but. I don't know. I think I think that they, they don't do have put to. they do they, put their soul into it, you know. Sure, yeah. And um, I think that they also understand, like, look, we've got this great thing going, man. Let's just do it. You Absolutely. Know? Let's, let's just do it. It's such a great thing. So, what kind know? of competition and, do you have as a Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, tribute band? You got some other bands that uh, there are in your are some. There are some uh, around the world. Luckily, I joined this band, but they had not just started. They'd already been together for eight years, and um, the name is really, really strong. Yeah. You know, Red Knot Chili Peppers. You t- you, we, t- we switch one letter, and here's something that's happened that I just love, okay? Because if we announce we're playing a place that's like, let's say like it's 930 club size or like a thousand person room, mm-hmm. there are scalpers that are like looking at these rooms, and they might see our name not realize that we are a tribute <laughs> and and buy hundreds of tickets that's happened before really we're like dude Whoops. Oh. dude there were like 300 pre-sales for this show but only 100 people came you know like what uh, happened and that's what we suspect is wow. that like yeah. scalpers the end that it's like, like a secret H show yeah. yeah or they wow. might be, yeah so <laughs> like it's it's a not, it's a really great like you know slap back at the sla- at the uh, scalpers <laughs> but anyway <laughs> right um, but yeah it, it's so I, what i don't know about is how this reunion of the chili peppers will affect us whether it's going to drive up 
our ah, business or yeah. whether or whether people are going to be like well yeah but like they're the actual group is still active so mm-hmm. i might just save my money to go see the actual group yeah even though i just don't know i i think though that after thinking about it for a little bit of time i mean i've only had 24 hours to really think about it but <laughs> Because it did come as a shock. It sent shockwaves across sure, the, yeah, yeah. the music community. Nobody really saw it coming. But I think that, again, we're talking about the generational appeal of the band, the multi-generational appeal of the band. The fact that they're still being talked about is good. Oh, That's yeah, what... Yeah. That also... You know, it's like no no press is bad press. Like, yeah. Even though it's not about us, it's about the band, that music. People are going to be like, oh, it, I haven't... Frusciani's back. Let me. I'm gonna go listen to them right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then it just all of a sudden, you know, in this day and age of so much content, for the Chili Peppers to kind of boom, like come right back up in everybody's. I'll be honest. You know, as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, I'm definitely checking out the new album, whatever, whenever they do it, because right. honestly, he could, he like, there's a magic that happens when he writes with that with 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 Anthony and and Flea, like yeah. Yeah. and Chad Smith. It, it's they make different music than any iteration without him. Yeah, um, it's true. And their best stuff comes when he's in that in that collective, and so I'm I'm pumped. Awesome. Um, yeah, man, good stuff. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad that you guys are too. You know, and I love the Chili Peppers. Heck yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, if you're and, and if you you know if you haven't heard his uh, solo stuff, um, he has twelve solo albums. For <laughs> Some Shanta. of them are really bad. Some are really <laughs> yeah, bad. yeah. And um, just about how uh, much heroin he was having at the moment. <laughs> right. Or how much he needed. Or how much he, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much he was running for it. He has one that's called uh, To Record Water Only Water for 10 Days or something like that. It just came out in 2001. And yeah. when I heard the news about him coming back, um, you know, I thought of this song to, to play and talk about. So um, right I don't know if you can pull that one up. Yeah, what's but, the name uh, of the song? Uh, you actually, the, song the first song is called uh, Going Inside. Going Inside, yeah. Cool. Going inside. Yeah, well, before we do that, gentlemen, are we playing any place this weekend? It's getting close to the hol- holidays. Greg, any place we can see you? Uh, Jazzing yeah. it up? So actually, you can come see the Red Knot Chili Peppers at uh, uh, Slide Bar in Fullerton, California, the home of Fender Guitars. Oh, yeah. beautiful. beautiful. When is that? Uh, that's, uh, sorry, uh, that's uh, Sunday. Sunday, 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 December 22nd. Very nice. And there's actually cool. no cover. So. Oh, sweet. Come on in. Bring the. I think it's all ages. It's a nice little outdoor situation. Come on by. Bring your tube suck. Awesome. <laughs> Bring your tube suck. <laughs> exactly. Right on. Byots. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, guys, I think next week is going to be. You should check it out. Very first holiday special. Uh, we're going to be spinning some tunes, some of our favorite holiday tracks. I know uh, Nick has a couple deep. Kwanzaa picks he wants to wants to play for us. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go look for him now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So uh, we will see you then, in one way or another. And uh, thank you, guys. I'm. Uh, I think I'm gonna head to bed. It's been a long night. All right, buddy. Get some rest. <laughs> Hope you all have a great week. I shall. Thanks. Yeah. Thank Thanks so much for tuning listener. in. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays. <laughs>
Come and try.